It's good morning. Sure. I'm like, I'm feeling a little bit broken after worship. I don't know about you, but I feel like God's already done a lot in our hearts this morning. And I almost felt like we can just say, okay, cool, let's go home. <laughs> but I think God really wants to share something of, of His heart with you guys today. Um, I must say, I prepared this preach three or four times. I've had about four or five headings. And every time I start writing down point factors, God says, cross it out. So it's, been, it's going to be quite a scary preach for me because He wants me to preach from the heart. So I have notes, but He wants me to basically preach from the heart of what He's laying on my heart as we're going. So as if I stop and think a bit, it's because I'm waiting on God to actually tell me what I need to say next because I don't want to speak my words. I want to speak His words this morning. I might get a bit teary because I was already teary in worship, so I know God's already starting to cut my heart. So I hope He cuts your heart too. So I'm going to just pray this one prayer quickly. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be preaching out of the main scripture I'm using this morning is Colossians 3, 1 to 17. And just a little bit of background on Colossians. Uh, it's Paul writing the letter. Um, he's writing from jail. Um, where you know a very happy place for most of us. So, and it's and it's very strange that these amazing, encouraging letters come from a guy who's sitting in jail, and uh, he's never been to Colossian church. He's uh, he doesn't know anybody. He didn't start it. Some guy named Ephorus started the church, and he visits Paul in jail and tells him it's going wonderful in in, uh, in Colossians, uh, but. We're getting a bit of a kickback from the worldly systems that were in place. Obviously, all the deities in the day that they were worshipping were part of the thing. And so people were getting drawn away from the things of God and into the things of the world again. And um, there's also the other side of the law that was put onto them by the Jewish the guys in the day. And um, the law was actually bringing death rather than life which what it was supposed to bring. So I'm going to read the scripture through. It's quite a lengthy scripture. Um, you can follow. I'll read it straight off this. So, so from Colossians 3, 1 to 17. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also get rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, scarath, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, 
Forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the spiritual singing to God, with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Very, very lengthy piece of scripture. But that whole scripture is about this one thing, which we sang about, if you didn't realize. Take your eyes off what you see in front of you and put your eyes up. And with the world, what we're going through at the moment, there's a lot of things shaking. And if we're starting to look at the shaking and listening to the news, and, and I've kind of shut all that stuff down. I can get that pretty much from guys in the church. I know there's a few people that follow the news and they know everything that's going on um, if I want it. But most times, I actually don't want to hear it. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and this is why I'm sharing on this. A couple months ago, we had a comm group, and I, I'm sorry if you've heard me tell the story. This is quite an exciting story because this is where my whole life changed around. Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> um, we're sitting in a home group, and we get Francois, who's, uh, I haven't seen him here this morning, but I see his daughter's here, Lisa's here. Um, he came to share at our comm group one night. And I was like, oh, cool, the guy's been in j he's been director of staff. It'd be so nice that he's coming, he wants to come visit. Won't you share? So he said, yeah, you'll share. And so he just started sharing on his journey of um, what he had been through, how he'd gone to j too early, that he felt God send him there. And uh, it was too early, and then he left and came back. And then 13 years later, God actually called him through with, to come plant this thing called uh, the director of surfing, uh, Surfers International. But so he was sharing that, and it was all like, that's you know, so nice, nice story, and like God almost like put a warning in my heart, if I tell you to do something, don't jump at it, just wait for my timing. So I was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, it was really sucking me in, but he said this one thing that just, I think God took us, like you've heard a double-edged sword, and just stabbed me, straight in there. And it was this, I don't want to be mediocre. And I was like, I'm mediocre. I'm so mediocre at the moment. I've put so many things on this earth above the things of God. I've started doing things that please me and please and get ahead and build a house and build a future and raise my kids and make sure they go to school and do all these amazing things, but nothing of it was for God. Parts of it is. So you obviously see parts of me. I love God. I always want you. So my heart has always been, God, I want to give you all. But the world was sucking this life out of me. And if you read that scripture, I'm going to read it again to you just now and break it down a bit first. But how the world slowly just, those little things, you say the devil comes in small things and you always say, oh, but you might see them. But when you start realizing that the world has started to suck you in so much that God has disappeared, he's still in your life, but the things of God are not the most important things to me anymore. And I realized that. So... When that happened, I said to them, and this is what I want you to trust for today, because I believe God's going to do this to you guys today. As soon as I heard it, 
So if you hear something when I read the scripture again later on, so I'm going to go through it, break it down, but then I'm going to read it, pray for it again, and then read through it. And if you feel God or the Holy Spirit convicting you, because without the Holy Spirit, this thing is nothing. As you hear it later on, I want you to make a note of it. And if you want to come up for prayer, you come up for prayer for that thing and say, God, I want that. Because what I said to them, straight as soon as he said, mediocre, I'm like, I'm mediocre. You guys need to pray for me. I heard it and I felt it. And I'm trusting that you're going to feel it this morning. Sorry, I'm getting cherry. It's a terrible thing when you get saved. That God really softens your heart. You used to be such tough people, and then you like become a big softie. Um, so as he said it, so I asked the guys, please pray for me. I definitely don't want to be mediocre. And then my life changed from that day. Like I can tell you a whole lot of stuff. I'm currently unemployed. I knew that was coming. We knew that. Um, um, so from that day, like I knew the whole bunch of stuff happened. And normally what I would do is I'd make a plan. Dylan's going to make a plan. So I started the day I found out that I was going to have two months left of employment. I'm like, cool. I start searching all the job interviews. I'm going through on my laptop. And I hear God saying, when you're finished, I'm here. And I was like, you know, when you get that cold feeling, I don't know if you've had that cold feeling when you're like, I'm so not doing what God wants me to do right now. So I closed my laptop and I actually pushed it away from me. I was scared of it. I was like, oh. I actually pushed it and I took my phone and I switched it off. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this, God, but I don't know when you're going to speak. But when you speak, I want to hear your voice. And so I spent a whole week. I took a week off work and I spent the whole week just spending time with God. And the beauty thing of it was he didn't say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is where you're going to go. And this is, these are the plans I have for you. And I'm going to write out everything. Because God doesn't work like that. God gives you what you need as you need it. We want to know like 10 years down the line, God, I want to be this guy and doing this. And sometimes he'll prophesy that stuff. And maybe it is 10 years from now. Might not be tomorrow. But he's definitely got a plan. And so the, at the end of that week, the beauty of what I had was this thing which I want you to have at the end of this meeting. Peace. No striving. No worried about what's going to happen. I'm going to say this because I know my God might test me on it, but no, this is how serious I am. God can take my house, everything that I own right now, but I want to do what He wants me to do now. Can't... Sorry, I want to come across without crying, but I want you to see the emotion that it is, but I still want you to hear. Um, I really got to this point where I was like, what have I been doing? For? Like, I got saved, and I remember I was gung-ho for I used to go to drug rehabs and preach to drug addicts and see them get saved and watch people get delivered and freak out and see the most incredible things in God. And now I'm just cruising, and I'm seeing nothing, and I'm walking my life like it's so boring in God. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't serve God like this anymore. I have to give him everything. He wants everything. You can't be lukewarm. God says he'll vomit. And you hear this. Like you, like, I used to hear that thing a lot. Oh, lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And you think, oh, that's pretty heavy. Until you have where I am now, I'm like, oh, God, please don't. Don't, don't feel like I'm so bad on your lips that you want to get me out of you. Like you don't want no part of me because of that. 
to part from me, you evildoers. I want nothing to do with you. Even though you prophesied and cast demons out of my name, I did not know you. I don't want to be that guy, please. And that thing, that's where that thing became very real. Okay, is this coming across the right? Okay, excellent. Is the Holy Spirit at least working with you? Because he's definitely still smacking me around here. So I'm just hoping that he's going to work and I'm just going to speak and he's going to do stuff through me. So a few things I wanted to point out in that whole thing is there's, there's like eight points doing things that he actually asked in Colossians 1.17. The first one was seek the things that are above. The second one was set your mind on the things above. Put to death, therefore, that, that it, which is earthly. So I'm going point, point. Put off the old self. Let peace rule. Let the word of God dwell. Do everything in the name of the Lord and give thanks. So this is all stuff we need to do. Can you put that um, little picture I gave you? It's just a warning. See, this is all stuff we need to do, but we can't do this without the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without Him. If we do this in our own strength, we're going to just... We're going to die. Our flesh is... And we've died to our flesh. So when we say we gave our lives, we said, God, take my life and this is my old life. My flesh is gone. I'm now walking in the Spirit. And that's what I want you guys to get today is that the Spirit thing, that we're so reliant on the Spirit that every step I take, every move that I do now going forward in God is because the Spirit of God initiates it in me. So we almost have to be in that step. Okay, I'm still nervous. My mouth is dry. So I'm going to start at number 3, verse um, Colossians 3, 1 to 7. I'm going to read the first part again. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. And um, we, we can be looking at things like, oh, I might lose my job. Where am I going to live? What has COVID left me with? I don't, I don't know where I'm staying. We can focus on those things. The problem with that is that the earth is holding you like this. And what God wants us to do is have a heavenly mindset. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5 to 6. Not that we are content, competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. But our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives love. And the world is the letter. This is how you're supposed to perform. This is how you're supposed to act. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, be like the Joneses. Have the house you need to have. But the spirit doesn't do that at all. The spirit says love, peace, kindness, all the things that we're supposed to be doing to the people around us. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. That's a very different thing, eh? Because I've had some fun neighbors in my life, and to love your neighbor, that's been quite a hard scripture to, to fulfill because you've sometimes got the neighbor that plays loud music until 3 o'clock in the morning, and he invites 300 people to a little house next to yours, and they're still going, and, and you have to have love for that. But... If I'm worldly, if I'm only looking at my circumstance, oh, I'm getting lack of sleep, oh, this guy's so inconsiderate, 
That's my flesh. My flesh can, yeah. Andrew always uses this, like, he used to use the old um, it. I don't know if anybody saw it. It's an old movie where these little things just come out of people's stomach. And, ah! It's like your flesh rises up again and starts to tell you what you should do and takes over what you were doing before. And sometimes our flesh takes over our bodies and goes, no, this is not cool. This guy's going to get a piece of me. And do we show the love of God then? One thing I get tested, and I'm probably still tested every day, road rage. So I'm sorry, I repent. And sorry, Mark, cyclists. My wife says I have a cycling demon. Because I just see them in front of me, and I'm like, oh, four oaks in a row. And I start getting this thing. I'm, t- I'm praying to God to make it better. But that's my flesh. It's not like I don't look at them and have the compassion of Jesus for cyclists. It's weird, and that's... Shows you just how much the world is still in me and how much things I still get upset with and all those little things that eat away at you and, and make you. So it says a little bit later on here. Just going to quickly find it. Oh, so in verse 8, but now you must also get rid of yourself such, of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, and slander, filthy language from your lips. And we... We let things slide, F-bombs, and I'm, I was very lucky. I got saved, and I, had a, I was a sailor. You would have called me a sailor before if you heard how I used to speak before I got saved. And I got saved, and I never swore again. It's crazy. Like, I'm, like, like I'll, I'll use references to swearing, but I never actually swore. So that's still not good. Like, you use, like... Um, Weird things, I'm not going to mention any of them, but you would change the words, but they're not swear words, but they mean the exact same thing as a swear word does. So you would understand what I'm saying. But those things are supposed to be gone. Anger. Malice. These things, we don't want them anymore. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. Do not store for your, up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So if you're building a business and that's your treasure, that's where your heart is. If you're planning to buy the next car and that's all you're thinking about, that's where your heart is. It's not bad. I'm not saying these things are bad. But if you're putting everything into it, um, I think 363 sang that song. My heart is where my treasure lies. And it, I remember when I went to that concert the first time, I was like, I wondered why I was so emotional when I heard it. But you don't realize how you put your treasures in things that aren't of God's kingdom until something of the spirit breaks into you and goes, that's where your treasure is. If you're holding on to anything that's of this earth, that's your treasure. This morning, if you can, and you want to, let it go. Give it to God this morning. He's your treasure. Resist the devil, but put sin to death. So we can't kill the devil. That's Jesus' job. He went and destroyed the devil. So you can curse and... I love this thing, but um, I've been in deliverance prayer for quite a while, like a lot of different stuff, and um, people rebuke the devil. I rebuke, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. 
it's, it's okay to, to say that you can't do this. And, but I sometimes get very nervous when people start rebuking the devil. I don't know if, so I'm sorry if you have done that before. But it's, it's one of the things that make me nervous when I'm doing it. Because the one thing I can do in my own life and the people that we're obviously praying for is help them put sin to death. The sin that you invited and you put it to death. The devil didn't put it there. He just helped you increase it. He helped you live on it. He helped you think it was good. He justified it for you. That's what the devil does. You can't put the devil to death. But your sin, definitely. So this morning, put your sin to death. So as I read the thing again, as you hear it, if there's something in there of these things that I'm going to speak about in the thing, put it to death this morning. Am I still doing okay? Okay, so I didn't want to give you all this stuff and not give you a way out. Okay. So what I'm going to use, I wanted to just equip us. And so when I was putting this together, I was like, God, that's all great. And these are, these are like, this is like the Holy Spirit can convict us. But he also, there's a beautiful side of the Holy Spirit that he loves to be with us. And he wants us to be equipped to be able to handle every situation that we go through. And so I want to read the armor of God from Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the blessed place of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can distinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm just going to quickly break them down for you um, to give you little tools. So this is going to be, so I would encourage you afterwards to go and get your own armor of God, put a picture up. And you can write down what it means to you, those specific things, okay? So the belt of truth is a nice, easy one to remember. It wraps everything up. So thank goodness I've got one of those on this morning. Otherwise, you'd be looking at my undies. So it does cover up us in the things of God. And so it's, it's a thing that basically the truth is the thing that holds us together, the truth of God. We are told that to apply the belt of truth, this truth is as explained in John 4, verse 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. Different truth, eh? So the belt of revealing, but God Jesus reveals and has conquered everything. He is our truth. And so when we think of the wrapping Jesus around us to hold everything together, that truth. So just remember that when you think about the belt. 